Welcome to Composer Quest. I'm Charlie McCarran, a composer in Minneapolis, and I started this show because I wanted to share insights from other composers and songwriters about how they make music. You can hear all the episodes at ComposerQuest.com. A quick reminder, on this Monday, April 1st, your submissions are due for the first ever Composer Quest Quest. A few episodes ago, I proposed this challenge for you to arrange some pop songs or film scores for bassoon, oboe, and clarinet. The Twin Cities Trio will perform these live, and the best ones will be featured here on the podcast. So submit your entries to twin.cities.trio at gmail.com. This episode is kind of like Metal 101. I talked with guitarist Devin Earlywine about why he gets into this genre that's so unpalatable for most listeners. He talks about how it's not all doom and gloom, as it might seem to the outside observer. In fact, he approaches it with a sense of humor when he's making some of his music. So it was interesting hearing Devin's perspective on this genre, which I really don't know that much about. And we also hear about playing a seven-string electric guitar, which I didn't know even existed. So I hope you enjoy this talk with Devin Earlywine. Devin, thanks for being on Composer Quest. No problem, no problem. This is a pretty cool opportunity. I've never done anything like this before, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. well, I heard about your music through my roommate Pete, mm-hmm. who is a big metal fan. <laughs> yeah. How did you get started doing death metal? Well, let's see. I started out playing guitar, actually a lot because of Pete, and started out playing acoustic, and kind of played for a little while, sort of gave up, and then picked it up again and really wanted to improve as quickly as possible. And one of the genres of music that really pushes musicianship, I guess, is metal and it's all of its different forms. So that always kind of appealed to me, just the technicality of really pushing myself as a guitarist to play faster, to play cleaner, to play better. Metal is a genre that really frees up the guitarist to do whatever they want, pretty much. You're not trying to anchor a vocal melody or something. The way that I describe metal to people that I guess don't listen to it or understand it very much is that it's kind of like a juxtaposition from normal songwriting in that when you sit down to write a pop song or a a rock song or something, a lot of times you start with a vocal melody or something. And a lot of the times the guitars are playing a chord progression or they're rooting that melody. But when you're looking at metal, you kind of flip that around. It's kind of like the guitars provide not necessarily the melody, but the focus. And then the vocals become that kind of rhythmic anchor. When you listen to a song on the radio, and you hum along to it or whatever, you're usually singing along to the words. And w- a lot of times when you sing along to a metal song, you're humming the guitar riff or you're, you know, you're singing along to the guitar riff. That's kind of what catches you. That's what the basis of the song is. Well, I wonder if like <clears throat> part of the reason metal wouldn't be able to be mainstream is because I feel like people have an, a reaction against music that they can't understand the lyrics to. <laughs> Agreed completely, yes. And one of the major reactions that I always get is that it's violent or aggressive music you know well it is aggressive to a certain extent of the fact that everything is just 
you know, pushed as far as it can go. And then there's all those, you know, death metal bands that have very violent lyrics and give the whole genre that sort of connotation, you know, and I think that, A, yeah, not being able to connect or recognize the lyrics and perceiving it as being kind of a a dark, aggressive, violent genre kind of turns a lot of people off before they've even get the chance to really approach it, I guess, which is understandable. But yeah, there is a thing to be said for not having a damn clue what the vocalist is saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's something I can't really argue with. So yeah, and it brings it back to that, you know, the, the vocals, they're not the forefront, they're not the main attraction, I guess, you know. Sure. Some people can get past that and some people can't. Metal vocals were actually what took me the longest to get over before I started really getting into metal. Um, yeah. And now I... I love all the gnarly, weird noises that people can make, you know? Like, I dig I, it now, but yeah. it took a long time to get past that, I guess. The thing so. that I just... For, I guess I didn't know there was a name for it, um, but pig squealing? Pig squealing, yes. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> you want to explain that a little bit? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know... Or demonstrate? How much I can't demonstrate. <laughs> I wish I could. I think that just comes back to trying to push everything to the extreme, making sounds that are almost indiscernible as a human voice. <laughs> There's a genre that's called like gore metal or gore death metal or something like that. And it's basically just trying to be as gross as possible. <laughs> you know, the vocals are just gnarly. And um, I really love the rhythms and the guitars and that kind of stuff. The vocals still I can only handle for so long to this day and I've played metal forever yeah, yeah it's interesting because it's like one of the few genres I think that I mean people mostly listen to genres that to them sound good yeah <laughs> or make them feel happy but yeah. I don't know does metal have that effect on you or um, part of what helped with um and I might shoot myself in the foot with this statement but a lot of what helped me get into metal is that I haven't always latched onto lyrics necessarily unless it's like a very stripped down acoustic sort of thing where the lyrics are very prominent i've always had more of an emotional reaction to the sounds that are happening or the vocal melody or what the vocals sound like rather than what's actually being said the stuff that i'm playing now has a lot more melody and has a lot of layers and it's got a lot of that kind of this will destroy you explosions in the sky mogwai kind of instrumentation to it it's just lots of reverb and very full and it kind of puts you in this environment or this atmosphere and in that way i can really connect to it even though there's still that undercurrent of crazy drums and crazy vocals and heavy guitars underneath Metal is just something that's pretty hard for the average listener to handle. Mm -hmm. What motivates you to make something that you know, like ninety percent of <laughs> are listeners gonna are going to hate? Yeah, um, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those kind of pretentious artisty people that are like, I don't care if people like it, I write it, you know, I write whatever I want to write, sort of thing, you know. But a lot of it is that I just I really like to write things that I would sit down and listen to and. Sometimes I've been in bands that people have really liked. I've been in bands that people haven't liked at all. It just It's hit or miss. And you try not to let that bother you a whole lot. But I guess ultimately I'm not in it to 
be on the radio or to make money off it. You know, you're never going to make money playing metal. You're not going to really have a career unless you're like Cannibal Corpse and you've been around since the 80s. But I just do it because I, I love it, I guess. It's nice if people dig it, but if they don't, then I'm fine doing it in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of the music I make, my experimental stuff anyways, I go into it thinking that not everybody's going to like this yeah. stuff, but... yeah. And metal is one of those things that um, it's pretty much always going to have that small current underneath of people that like that stuff. And is it enough to make your music profitable or whatever? Probably not. But there will always be someone somewhere that likes what you're doing. And so mm -hmm. if you can find those people and get their feedback, uh, then that's great. And uh, if it doesn't work, then just do it to do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> When you're coming up with melodies on guitar, do you have a common way of coming up with riffs or hooks? A lot of times I just sort of sit and jam, and usually I start with rhythm. I don't usually start with a melody. The group that I'm in now is very rhythmic, primarily. A lot of weird rhythms and polyrhythms. And so I usually will start with uh, usually a rhythm on the guitar, and I will record that, and then I'll orchestrate the drums around that and then I will kind of internalize that rhythm part and mull it over and just start playing different melodies over the top until I find the one that really strikes me. I'm not really good at scales and modes and keys and you know all that kind of stuff. I, I do 99% of my songwriting just by ear and what feels right and what sounds right to me. It's a little hit or miss I guess. I've got a probably hundreds of melodies and riffs that haven't made it into a song but are just I can't let go because they sound they're like that's just what I wanted and I found it and it's there and I just have to find a place to use it yeah. so there's a lot of rejected ideas <laughs> yeah but uh, well, I notice you yeah. put some of them up on your YouTube channel mm-hmm I do yeah I put ideas that I haven't used for anything up there and I have actually gotten I think more feedback from the things that I haven't finished than the actual <laughs> finished works. And it's huh. like, I just should keep only half doing things and people will like it. But um, yeah, I've gotten a lot of feedback from some of my stuff of people wanting me to finish the songs and to put them out and they want to hear, you know, what I come up with and stuff. And then when I post finished works, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do put some of those up there sometimes. The ones that I really like and that I want people to hear, even though I'm, they're not done and they might not ever get done. I still want to, you know, share that quarter of a song or whatever. So. Yeah. I thought about that one time, just like posting all these random ideas and then either like having people say, you should finish this one or scrap it. Or mm -hmm. but... it's, it's helpful to get an outside opinion sometimes, I guess. I, I get kind of those blinders on where I really like something and I don't want to let it go. And, you know, you kind of have to get talked into it's not as good as you think it is <laughs> you know sort of thing sure um there's actually been a couple of times where i have posted something up there that's unfinished or not it's not done and then i think the longest has been a couple years two and a half years later it just fit into something that i was doing way later and so uh, that lends itself to me not letting things go because you never know when down the road it might just pop like oh yeah that's what i needed right there yeah <laughs> so that's happened a few times so i tend to try to hang on to those yeah i just had that the other day where i ended up remembering a guitar lick i had written like 
three years ago and hadn't done anything with. Yeah. It's like, oh, That's it came back to me. the best feeling ever, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I love that. <laughs> Are you in one main group right now? Or? Uh, right now, I'm yeah, I'm focusing on one group. Um, it's called Arteries, and it's kind of like I was talking about a, a blend of metal and um, sort of like a post rock or post metal thing. It's got a lot of the name of our album is actually going to be Layers, which fits the music, but to us is kind of a joke because we're always making fun of how many guitar layers we have in our songs and how are we going to play this live, but. It, we're actually going to have three guitarists once we start playing live because once I finish recording all this, then I have to start arranging it to play live because there's a lot of stuff going on. And you'll be able to find two other guitarists who are... Yeah, we've got two other guitarists. We play seven strings right now, so one of them is in the process of getting himself a seven string. Oh, but, um, man, we... I just didn't notice that <laughs> until yeah, now. Yeah, huh, So you seven string guitar. Yeah, we play what? seven strings right now. I actually have an eight string to that I've been experimenting with, but we're not going to use it in this particular group. What's the tuning of a seven-string guitar? Um, well, in standard, it's uh, a normal six-string, E-A-D-G-B-E, and then it's got a low B on it. In my prior band, we played seven strings also, and we dropped that B to an A. And then in arteries, we actually dropped the whole guitar down a step, so we're actually uh, got a low G down here. Um, it's pretty low is the advantage then just like the super low um that's one of the advantages is getting a really low groovy very bassy sound our guitars are actually pretty trebly we don't have a lot of bass in them and then we've got a really round full bass sound so the guitar and the bass together kind of have to be really tight because they kind of form one sound together but yeah the other advantage is Having an extra string, you can do other interesting lead parts. And I started learning some seven-string sweep patterns. And a sweep arpeggio is basically picking each individual note of a chord individually really fast. The reason it's called a sweep is because you kind of sweep, rake up and down the strings. And instead of just playing a normal chord where each note rings out, you play each note individually and then cut it off before the next note. I was listening to some of your other tracks from Idiopathic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Idiopathic is one of those, like, gore metal bands I was talking about. It's just gross. (laughs) But... I thought it was interesting how you pick a sample of people talking at the <laughs> Yeah. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Is that like a thing people do a lot in metal? Um, or is this... Not necessarily in metal as a whole in that particular genre of metal. A lot of times they'll use horror movie samples or you know weird police call you know like 911 call samples or stuff that's supposed to be dark and creepy or whatever and I actually started that group myself it was a one-man project a long time ago as a joke actually kind of like not necessarily making fun but just having fun with how ridiculous that genre of music is even though I you know enjoy it for what it is So I decided instead of using horror movie samples or scary, creepy stuff that I was going to use 
comedy samples, like movie samples from Adam Sandler movies and, you know, Will Ferrell stuff and whatever. I don't think anyone really got that the comedy samples meant we weren't serious. So <laughs> maybe this will well, blow the lid off the secret right uh-oh. here. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but well, it's, uh, yeah, it's sometimes it, kind of hard to tell with metal, like whether they're serious if they're or not. Serious. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get a sense from other bands, like if they're if they're like serious being or serious not? In it's, some of this, it's a fine. It's a f- very fine line to walk between making fun of this kind of music and enjoying it. And I do both regularly, (laughs) you know, because I think part of enjoying metal is recognizing how borderline or fully ridiculous a lot of it is, you know? Sure. So I think for a lot of metal bands, there's kind of that slight sense of self-deprecation. Mark and I are my vocalist, my buddy. We, We just try to have fun with it. We don't take it too seriously. Actually, we have a far larger following for idiopathic than we do for arteries right now just i don't know why because we always make the joke about how the the stuff that we're doing that we don't really care about that we're just screwing around like people like it and the stuff we're putting our heart and souls into like nobody cares there's literally not a single word spoken in any idio song ever oh really <laughs> yeah he's just making noises over the whole thing oh. uh which is kind of it's a joke that we <laughs> that we have that you know people like that stuff but he's not even saying anything oh. <laughs> like literally not even saying a word when you're writing songs how do you think of the overall like song structure when I was doing death metal, I used to not pay any attention to that because death metal is a lot of times a uh, just a string of riffs and you hit three minutes and you're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Okay, <laughs> that one's done. Nowadays, I really try to think about where the song's going more. As far as song structure, we don't have you know verse, chorus, verse, interlude, that sort of thing. We have very few repeating parts, if we even have any repeating parts, but... I'll usually start with a riff, and it'll be like, this would be a sweet way to start a song. So you kind of take the riff, and you you start to picture where it would fit into a song structure. And our songs, I try to write songs that kind of come in and out of the heavy metal side and, and the prettier side. A lot of our songs end on a very epic, melodic part, and then comes down into a a heavy sort of a breakdown or some sort of heavy riff to finish off the song so that kind of ebb and flow i guess i want i want when the song goes through to feel like you're you're going places you're always moving What kind of tips would you have for people who are starting out songwriting? Songwriting? Um, For me, the main thing has always been don't get too caught up with the technicality of the music. Go with what your ear and your mind and your heart or whatever is telling you. Just let whatever's inside of you come out through the guitar or the whatever you're, you're doing, your singing or your writing. You know, I've never really focused too much on, like I've said before, on scales and modes and progressions and all that kind of stuff. I just, whatever catches my ear. And uh, for me, that's a much more 
natural creative process. And I feel like a lot of the best things that I've done have come out through that way, not overthinking it, I guess. When I come home from work and I am going to pop in a movie till I fall asleep, a lot of times I'll have a guitar in my lap, but I won't even necessarily be focusing on the guitar. But just my fingers are there and they're doing things and it almost helps to not be thinking about it too much because then it just becomes kind of natural kind of habit just noodling around a lot of times something will come out of that you know I'll I'll be sitting there goofing off and not really paying attention but then all of a sudden I'll hear something that I just played and it's like oh and then it'll draw my attention and then I'll mess with it until I come up with something that I can use what have you learned so that you can like translate what's in your brain to what's on the guitar and what's um, in your productions. I think part of it is that what I'm writing now is kind of, I feel like what I've always wanted to write and I did the death metal thing and I loved it and it was tons of fun, but there was always that little bit of difference between what I felt like I needed to write for being a death metal band versus what was really kind of bouncing around in my head. And so I think a, this style of music that I'm doing now is just, it fits what's going on in my head better, so it's easier for me to translate it onto the guitar and into music. So we have a fan question here from my roommate, Pete Jensen, a good friend of Devin's. So Pete, would you like to ask... Your question. What do you got sure. for me? Thanks a lot, Charlie. I appreciate being on the show today. <laughs> this is a great honor for me as a question asker. Devin, you studied a fair amount of philosophy, and you've read a lot of English, obviously, Many when you were majoring in college. Ago. And I know that you're a fan of writers like John Paul Sartre. Do you feel like your music and your writing process speaks to some part of the human condition at all? or to improve it or influence it all? Does your philosophy basically influence your writing? Um, Making something with the intention of having a certain effect on someone else affects the way that you're going to create that piece. And so I can't necessarily say that I've consciously tried to avoid that, but it has been something that I've thought about at certain times before in that trying to maintain the authenticity of whatever I'm writing or whatever I'm creating, I try not to think about an audience. And um, in that way, it helps me to take whatever's in my head and get it straight out without the concern of how people will interpret it. Well, that reminds me of something I heard about brainstorming and how when someone spits out an idea, that's usually the best idea. Mm -hmm. And then whoever's writing it down or the other people who interpret it put their own spin on it and it kind of like dulls the idea. Mm -hmm. And the purest form (laughs) is almost like coming straight from your brain. Exactly. And the less connections or stops you have to make in between your brain and the ultimate form that that creativity takes, the more authentic I think it will remain. And you're never going to have something that is perfectly translated from your brain or your heart or your whatever. But I a lot of times trying not to even think or worry about an audience once it's out and it's written and it's into the mp3 or whatever that's when i can start to kind of think about other people's reaction to it but i I try not to let that leak into the creative process i guess yeah 
Well, Devin, thanks for Thank being you. on Composer Thank Quest. Thank you very much. This yep. has been awesome. Very good opportunity. It's been really fun. Yeah, Thank definitely. You. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Composer Quest with Devin Earlywine. To stay in the loop about Devin's new album with Arteries, you can go to facebook.com slash arteriesmn. And if you've been enjoying Composer Quest, I'd be happy to hear from you at facebook.com slash composerquest or twitter.com slash composerquest. Now, I'll leave you with an instrumental track from Devin's new Arteries album called Maladies. <laughs>